Oh, Billy Ray. I can hear that hair from here. Oh, gosh. I found myself making a strange uh, analogy that involved that song earlier today. It was it was very strange. I found myself like kind of surprised that the I didn't situation know that I was t- in. I didn't know that that song would lend itself to any analogies. <laughs> yeah, I compared it to um, Cinco de Mayo. How? Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Okay. The, these two things, Old Town Road and Cinco de Mayo, are, are easily, definitely not inherently bad in, in themselves at all. Like, zero percent. Like, I mean, Cinco de Mayo commemorates a, a victory over the French. You know, it's a very Im- important moment in, in history. Yeah. Um, when it comes to Old Town Road, it's, it's a very creative young man that I think is doing something completely different. And just looking at his roots and things that influence him and then trying to turn out something that's just different, you know? But the way that I think the the masses receive both of these things, the way that a lot of people celebrate Cinco de Mayo, a way that a lot of people have been claiming Old Old Town Road and boosting um, all these listens and just like really making it a hit right now. Like these are people that are essentially taking something, a part of a culture that they normally would reject in the sense that a lot of these people don't listen to hip hop and they're making it their own. They're, they're kind of taking a claim over it. And the problem that I have with that is they're treating it like a novelty when they do it. Um, they're appropriating it. Yes. So that was the predicament that I found myself in. And like, it was the only way that I could like feel like I could verbalize this in a way that someone would really understand. Cause they just weren't getting where I was coming from when I was criticizing the way that some people celebrate Cinco de Mayo. So, I tried my best to make an analogy that would really resonate, and I think that kind of worked. Yeah. <clears throat> Who knew that uh, L- Lil Nas Etz and Billy Ray Cyrus would help others educate people on cultural appropriation? Because I'm pretty sure that's what they set out to do when they created that Seriously, song. Absolutely. Yeah, these are t- two inherently good things. <laughs> it's yeah, a good yeah. song. Like, it's cool. It's uh, different. Hey, we talked about it. Um, Vlad Guerrero Jr. came out to that song as his first watchout song in his first major league at bat. No way. I did not know he that. He did. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think uh, we talked about this um, before the show is that I feel like it lends itself to the perfect like slow-mo, like something epic is going to happen, the beat. Oh, it's Just a cinematic song for sure. It, yeah. it is. Uh, so that third voice you're hearing today in your ears from your AirPods um, or your old oh, AirPods, headphones. You, fa- you fancy, huh? Hey, I'm assuming that the seven people that listen to us have <laughs> the time and the means to purchase some AirPods. Uh, we have a guest host tonight. We're filling uh, Brett's seat finally for this special episode, uh, and that's with a friend of the show, a returning guest, the the only person who has now been featured in all five seasons of Pop Not Soda that isn't named Brett, Brian, or Dan. And every time he moves to say something right now, I keep going, so he <laughs> just has to back up. But that is our dear friend, Martin. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, thank you for joining course, us. Man. Yeah, I'm very excited for today's episode, particularly just because of the, the content. Oh, yeah, we've got a great sits pack of pop culture for you. We're going to be talking Cinco de Mayo. We'll jump back into that, but we'll be talking Game of Thrones and the Battle of Winterfell and our reactions, our thoughts, and uh, some of the the internet's reactions uh we are going to be talking the nba playoffs and the storylines and uh jeopardy and the man that can't lose historic run yeah and uh the status of woodstock 50 the 50th year anniversary of woodstock um and also i think something that all of us have 
uh, I don't know if they're different opinions on, but they're definitely strong opinions. But that is the Sonic the Hedgehog movie trailer that was just released right. uh, this week. The movie that nobody wanted. <laughs> I mean, I feel like some people may have wanted it, but we'll we'll get to that later. But first, Jim Carrey, so you can get another job. How, <laughs> many, how many allusions to Endgame do we anticipate making? Oh, uh, you know, I'm still resistant to make any spoilerish uh, allusions, just because. Right. We're only gonna be like eleven days removed, mm-hmm. um, but if you haven't seen it yet, shame on you. That means you missed us last week. That but we are going to be talking about Game of Thrones, right? And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We because are. but deep, I, deep spoilers there. I also want to talk yeah, about the, in the okay, difference okay. between yeah. Game of Thrones and Endgame. Yeah, that's the only the reason why I bring culture. it up. The only reason why I bring yeah. it up. But there's also one other comparison that I don't think is spoilery that I'd like to make. Maybe I'll run it by you at yeah, the break. Yeah, huh? yeah no, no, we'll, we'll get into it. Sounds um, good. But let's let's get back to this Cinco de Mayo. Uh, it happened over the weekend, and it, particularly here in San Diego, it is, I would say, on par, if not more celebrated than St. Patrick's Day, which is the only other holiday that I can say is like Cinco de Mayo. Pretty sure yeah. there are beer beer purchasing statistics yeah. that we can look at between Cinco de Mayo and Whiskey Day. versus tequila. Right. Definitely a heavy drinking day, and for sure. You know, for the most part, St. Patrick's Day doesn't kind of receive the criticism or or the conversation that Cinco de Mayo does um, because I think when you're looking at what's being appropriate is people just wear green and they wear leprechaun hats which isn't necessarily Irish culture right but it's drink a caric- couple it's iron car- it's Irish caricature it's a little different though when uh, you go out on the street sporting a, a poncho and a fake mustache and a sombrero Mm-hmm. And especially regionally, I just think that it, it's a little empty because there's so much opportunity here to celebrate it appropriately. And I, I actually got an email from Amazon Restaurants of all emails to receive today to like lift my spirits up. And it said something about uh, burritos on Cinco de Mayo. No, I think that was the subject line. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was the subject line. And the content of the email was, um, you know, Mexican cuisine is much more than just uh beans rice and guacamole like there's a lot more that you can order like check out some traditional mexican dishes this weekend and i thought it was a good email like out of of all yeah that's solid all companies to send me an email again to lift my spirits about this but but yeah no it it is interesting and uh particularly you know i think we were talking about the difference between being in college and what you did in college and the parties you attended and how you attended those parties versus being you know, six, seven, uh, Brian, what are you like 24 years removed from college? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and how Actually. you look back or you look at that holiday so much more differently. And if you would yeah. do things different. Well, I think personally, I probably wouldn't, <laughs> but I, no, you, I think I would, but I, it wouldn't be for the, the reason that we would want, uh, which would be to respect you know, the Mexican culture, mm-hmm. it would be to not be presented on social media, mm. uh, you know, in that garb or, or get up. Sure. Because I think that's really the big shift between now and at least when I was in college, because I mean, I'll admit we, you know, had Cinco, Drinko de Mayo parties. Oh, man. Right. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, and, you know, I mean, definitely do some racist shit. You, for you sure. can only put like 16 photos on your myspace or your facebook exactly you had to pick and choose uh but now today you know i mean you can't get away with much but also the climate of 
how Mexican Americans have been treated, I feel like, over the last several years in terms of just the blatant racism that I think has come to the surface and how comfortable people are just, I don't know, saying disgusting things to people. Not not necessarily just only them, but I mean, just I guess all, all people that are not necessarily white, but uh, in, in particular them, especially in this region, it just seems a little bit like there's a missed op- like, like there's a missed opportunity at a larger scale for people to, I don't know, celebrate it more appropriately. Yeah, learn right something. Yeah. For sure. Go research the battle against the it. French and how it kind of saved the United States from losing the Civil War. Yeah. They, Dude, cra- they crack a it, book, listeners. <laughs> right? Just what we're saying is this doesn't mean you can't go out and enjoy some Mexican no, cuisine doesn't at all. and some tequila. Yeah. Please have do. a margarita. You can even go hard about it, man. Or, like, yeah, it's cool, easy, but like, we're saying just don't wear a fake mustache. Yeah. Don't wear a poncho you got from Party City. And don't just put O at the end of every word. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be a dick. Exactly. Because as the th- a- as we always like to say on Pop Not Soda, the internet remains undefeated. Mm-hmm. And there is a, there are rare times in which you go out on holidays like this and don't document something or you're not documented in something. Yep. So just think about that. A little bit of reverence goes a long way. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm kind of really upset that the people who worked on the movie we're about to talk about oh. didn't think about how this was going to be documented. Good Lord. Speaking of reverence, none here. <laughs> <laughs> so sound like the hedgehog. Actually, wait, wait, wait. The, the rings? Hashtag no, no reverence. No, no. The rings in the, in the, uh, in the where... I think... Where they were like shooting portals? No, no, no in the par- was it the Paramount logo? What logo? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. The ring. that yeah. was yeah. awesome. Yes, yes, that was, yes. I got my hopes up right away. Yeah, and then for they sure. go into the trailer, and then they came in with Gangster's Paradise. First of all, how do you not have the original theme? Yes, that as the trailer music. So, so before we get way too far ahead of ourselves, Sonic the Hedgehog is coming out. They just released the first trailer. It stars James Marsden, aka Whiny Cyclops. Um, A.K.A. Jimmy Olsen from the Superman movie that nobody saw. Uh, and he is like a park ranger. Uh, it stars John Raphael, A.K.A. Uh, the dude from DuckTales who does Dewey, uh, Dewey's voice, as Sonic. And Jim oh, Carrey as Dr. Robotnik, uh, which I think... I th- I'm kind of just really excited for old-school I mean, cartoon Jim Carrey. He's very, very classic Jim Carrey in that trailer. But... I think a lot of people were also hoping, especially like I have friends, especially my roommate who's a huge Sonic fan, that they were going to do right like po- Detective Pikachu mm-hmm. has seemed to do right by Pokemon. And so th- my hopes were like, please let it be great. Let it be like they're doing Detective Pikachu, especially with like the names that are attached to it. Because I would say like some of the names are bigger in this movie than Detective Pikachu has. Well, well hold they on. They're also saying from the producers of, right? Yes. Like, which yeah. I heard, and I did not know that this was like a tell on movies, but when they resort to saying from the producers instead of all the other things that you could say for people that were way more involved directly with the... Like the directors, directors. or the writers? Yeah. Like, that's when you kind of know that it may not be top-notch. Right. Yeah. They just slap their name on yeah. it for a paycheck. Yeah. And it looks fucking terrible. I mean, let's get real. <laughs> I mean, it looks fucking terrible. I think Jim Carrey are you, looks are you good. Serious? Like the Jim teeth Ca- look great. The like Jim Carrey looks. Oh, people are really upset about the human. The teeth. I don't know how upset. It's just they, it's funny. It yeah. looks funny. <laughs> I mean, so I, weird. I, they, also so the, creepy. The, how he discovers Sonic and the, and then fucking shoots him. They just they, but they ripped off the exact Detective like, Pikachu. Yeah, that yeah. was like the exact scene, man. To be fair, Detective Pikachu hasn't come out yet. 
So, but the trailer has been around for a while. It's like, but we don't sheesh. know how. I, and I, this movie has also been announced for a while. Uh, but of all, but scenes, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I that tra- <laughs> I mean, just don't use that scene. Right. It makes it. Just, it just makes you look like you're biting. Yeah. It's the perception. It it does seem like a copycat a little bit. That's like that's the only aspect, and I guess the actual animation style, which which I don't I know mean, is if that's fair for me is, to point out. But I think the like live a, action is like the new thing. Like that's right. that's, that's where how, a lot of people are moving. It's like it's like the same fuzziness. Like they use the well, same I mean, texture. <laughs> I mean, but how are you supposed to make it? Like a cartoon. I guess who's I supposed just never knew that Pikachu and Sonic had the same texture. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> Did you know that? You know? <laughs> Did you know that before this year? I didn't. I didn't. No. I mean, not used to me, right? I just always thought that like Sonic used some hair gel, and that was like yeah. what was up. But it's like the shape of his body. But I think the difference is like. Well, he also never I'm, talks, right? He never talks in the video. Games. No, you don't, bro. You don't remember the animated series with Jaleel White and Sonic? That was amazing. Really. I don't remember like that. Yeah. Urkel? Yes. Go back. Watch it. <laughs> okay. This is like I got a peak, homework assignment. This was like How has peak, this never been on like I Love the 90s or anything? Dude, like, I, mean, I don't know. But this is like peak uh, capitalization on video game cartoons. Like it's around the same time as the Mario Brothers cartoon. It's around the same time as um, where I think they were just green lighting like a lot of like Mega Man. It's, I, th- I want to say it's almost the same company that animated mm. Mega Man. Because the animation okay. is very similar, um, and then I think it, they even released an, a later version of a Sonic cartoon that was animated. Like, I think Could car- be. like I think Sonic's had two cartoons, so he has talked. It's fine, um, <laughs> okay. you know. If that's the biggest <laughs> thing we're getting clarify. over, <laughs> Pikachu never said more than fucking Pika Pika. So yes, but they do. You know. Okay. Yeah, you can explain it away. Right. All right, <laughs> let it be. Uh, I just. I it's just gonna be terrible. It's gonna be bad. It's gonna bomb at the box office. I mean, Jim Carrey. I'm, I guarantee you, those are the funniest parts in the movie no. that we see. I mean, there were some. There were some fan service, like him. You know, Doctor Robotnik reciting what he says in the games. Uh, the spin move and the sound that Sonic made. The sure. rings, like I just. I do feel bad for like a lot of the people because we're going in on it right now, and it's like. Clearly, a lot of people put some hard work into this, and, and I so think it's, it's only like what? It it's only like a minute let, and let like twenty second yeah. like trailer. So like maybe when they come up with the extended trailer, yeah. maybe this is like the dip the toe in the pool water, see how it feels, and then they realize like, oh, we need to make some changes. When did when did writing off movies off trailers begin? I mean, I've seen this movie, this James Marsden movie before, and it was called Hop, and it came out in two thousand. <laughs> oh where God. he drives around a fucking I bunny. Did, but did. really, though, when did we begin doing this? Oh, dude. Forever, but it wasn't as easy because you couldn't see the trailers until you went to the movies. But you don't tell me that you didn't sit in a movie theater when you would see a trailer and you would turn to the person you were like, "You're like, oh yeah, that looks good." Oh, or, totally. Or yeah, you would yeah. be like, "Oh yeah, that sh- shit looks terrible." We've always done judging them but off the trailers, but we have nobody's earlier access to the trailers. Now. But nobody's coming out of those, those, those particular trailers when we were kids and saying. But he had teeth. Like, no, <laughs> no. that wouldn't be the takeaway. That wouldn't be the takeaway. You can't screenshot yeah, you that can't shit just in the theater. Take it apart, you know? It's the internet. You can't rewatch it a hundred like times. And like we have said, the internet remains undefeated. So at this level, would we just give me a date? Give me a give me a year. When did we start doing this? Uh, at this at this level that we're talking about it right now. I'm gonna say you know bashing the I'll teeth. blame YouTube. So I'm gonna say around two thousand seven, two thousand eight on okay. the rise of YouTube. Okay. Okay. That's what I don't I'm going to say. I'm trying to think I of the first like movie that I judged heavily like this on it. Like, because I'm really judging this one the way that you are right now. Like, clearly. Because I think we're right. Because generally, your first instinct is usually the right one. If it looks bad in the trailer, it's probably going to be bad. Hmm. 
you know? I mean, like, I think I just want more hope for this movie. Sure. Whereas yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, a trailer in which when I saw Endgame for the second time last weekend, uh, that basically First gave mention. me <laughs> twice. They, they gave me like two trailers about this shit. About Sonic? No, no. About X-Men. <laughs> there were two Sonic trailers, dude. <laughs> yeah, just bat to bat. <laughs> I feel so bad so, for you. Like, I listened to basically the whole Julio the song. But okay, no, no, no. so yeah. The, okay, yeah. So the X-Men uh, Dark Phoenix trailer yeah, looks right. god-awful. Yeah. And Poor that, Sansa. I think I have no... Wait, wait, I, Sansa, I have right? no empathy for. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think okay, she's okay. a good Jean Grey, but I'm like, this, mo- like, this movie just looks terrible. Yeah. But when I look at the song, I'm like, I really hope they didn't spend as much money or anywhere close to... The amount that they spent on fucking Dark Phoenix, but the other thing is uh, listening to some directors and producers and even um, uh, actors talk is that studios they know that they're producing shit sometimes. They know that oh, not yeah. every movie's gonna be a hit because they only need one hit to pay for all of the other shitty movies. So they're gonna make whatever they can make now. Specifically, this started like in the eighties. They're gonna make all the movies they can. And only some are going to get the attention and the span, depending on the studio, if they know it's really going to bring in the cash. Sure. So what I'm saying is I don't think the belief was ever behind, like, oh, Sonic is going to be a big hit. I think the studio was just kind of like, you can have... Let's try and ride It'll the, be all right, yeah. yeah the coattails And I think Sonic Pokemon. deserves more. Because I think that territory totally. and that franchise, and even to be like a Sega fan and to be like... And to watch... Detective Pikachu and Nintendo did this quality of movie with Ryan Reynolds, and then you get Sonic. John Raphael. With John Raphael, is just like, I feel bad. Yeah, I get that. And so I want it to be good just because I f- and I, lo- I love Jim Carrey, and I haven't seen Jim Jim Carrey in a role like this in like ten ye- plus the Grinch? years. Yeah, oh. like like that's yeah, what I'm saying. Maybe probably. the Grinch. Yeah, maybe. Um, like over ten years, that has he played like a cartoonish character where they can just let Jim Carrey be Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. and just for that, I was like, "Please be not the sure. worst. Please don't be Hellboy. <laughs> like, oh, don't yeah. be Hellboy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, there's another good example. Trailer did not look good. No, Movie no. but I definitely terrible. didn't d- judge that as hard as this. I kind of shrugged. I feel bad for Hop in that one. Mm. Yeah. yeah, um, but you know. At least the, the one thing Sonic had going was that it was bright and you could see all the action. Mm. Yeah. You could for the most part. Yeah. Um, and nobody was just, you know, sitting there the whole time not doing anything. Right. Sure. Sure. Get um, some more servers, HBO. <laughs> so wait, back to just real quick, if I may. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to what you just said because you mentioned Endgame. Uh-huh. I just want to know, have you guys been – has anyone expressed to you like severe disappointment? No. Oh, uh, game? Uh, not people yeah. I know personally. Okay. The internet has opinions. So one person just pointed out an aspect of it that made me kind of. He watched the episode of Game of Thrones first. Okay. Which was in real time, more or less. The pacing oh, okay. of the episode. Yeah. And as en- with any Marvel movie, really, obviously, with a lot of movies, it's just not. It's not like that. Not a lot of TV shows are like that either, right? I mean, Thor's like so, last three movies he was in all happened in like the fucking in like one week. Right. Sure. So exactly. So they had a real issue with the pacing because of that. Because of Game of Thrones, he, they 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 blame this episode for ruining their Endgame experience. They they yearn for the 
opportunity, which will never happen, <laughs> to see Endgame before Game of Thrones. Season 8, episode 3. Like, they just want, like, the final battle in Endgame to be, like, the Battle of Winterfell. Like Not that. even that. They just wish that they could have gone into the Marvel movie, <laughs> pre- prepared for a Marvel movie, and not coming off just watching that particular I mean... Episode. I, it's different, man. It, it's yeah. like it's like watching the Battle of Helm's Deep and then going back and watching this episode of Game of Thrones. Sure. Because I think if you watch the Battle of Helm's Deep, which people had been comparing this episode to before it premiered right. for so long. And I know I even had some people go like, oh, Game of Thrones is better. Fuck Lord of the Rings. Get that bullshit out of here when we're talking about stuff like that, which very much upset me. <laughs> Um, because those are uneducated swine. But oh my gosh, I don't love Lord of the Rings, Dan. I know, um, I'm uneducated swine. It wasn't you. It wasn't <laughs> you. It wasn't you. But uh, when you go back and watch the Battle of Helm's Deep, and now if I were to talk about watching the Battle of Winterfell, Helm's Deep, man, like it's the superior battle experience. Okay. And it's half the time. It's 39 minutes with a complete um story arc in the middle of it, and it just it it just it resonates with you better uh and it has nothing to do with the states it has nothing to do with the action it legitimately is the pacing of the battle and the direction of the battle and actually how much you can kind of see the the actual action mm-hmm. and i think i think some of like the cinematography was great but i think like brian said like just how this came across if you were watching it on hbo go or online like no bueno I'm glad you brought up Endgame because, at least for me personally, I probably would have liked the episode better if I had not seen Endgame. Mm. So it's the same thing. It's the same exact opinion. It's just, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, With that said, though, I know I still would have liked Endgame more than this episode. Like, I, I personally was pretty disappointed in this episode. Not so much for uh, any uh, particular reason uh, other than I think it was just too hyped. Okay. I think it ran into a situation where the bar was raised so high it couldn't ever attain like how much weight people put on the outcome of, of, of this, right? I agree. Like the end of the Night King. Sure. We've been, you know... Talking about this guy. Episode one. Yeah. Really? I mean, well, they've teased from episode one that this is like the threat that everyone should be looking for or, right. or, or, uh, or after because they need to defend themselves. They need to band together. And just to see it happen like that. So I have uh, heard things from people who have read the books um, and who are more invested in this show mm-hmm. than I will probably ever be. And this series, yeah, you've always been kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do it because it's a responsibility I have, <laughs> and I enjoy it. But yeah. you know, it's bigger. It's bigger than TV. At you this can't point. talk about you know. I can't be a co-host of a pop culture podcast yeah. and be be ignorant to what is essentially pop culture. Sure. And they were talking about how in the books, Cersei is just it's different. Like the show really focuses on the nineteen and and this is the be all end all of villains where in the books it's more you have this just growing resentment to how terrible Cersei is Mm -hmm. and a lot of people have a feeling that they would rather see Cersei be the main villain like be who gets the the uh come up it's at the end versus the Night King and that really it wasn't even about bringing Cersei over 
to join forces so that all people were fighting together. It was legitimately the forces that are together now to fight Cersei because they're so depleted because they've got nothing or nobody left. You needed to get Danny and the North and the starts with everybody else on the same side, because that's the only way that you beat the Lannister queen. And so I think it's kind of disappointing from a TV viewing audience because they're, that's a more casual fan. Right. And also the night King is just a way more badass villain than the political bat stabbing sneaky Cersei. Yeah. And the motherfucker never even touched his sword, you I'm, know? Yeah. Cause does he, he, did, he, he doesn't literally touches doesn't it at touch the end, right? He doesn't sword touch it because Arya, you know, jumps from fucking half court. All right. Well, let's talk about that scene. How did you feel about that end? That scene with Arya, the Night King brand. I mean, I thought it was really cool how she, you know, she drops the knife. Great move. The, uh, the so move that was foreshadowed against Bran at the end of season seven. Didn't uh, know that. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yes, I Cut thought that move. Clip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we're run the clip. Yeah, you can look it up. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was badass, but I'm still scratching my head. To this day, how the fuck she got through, number one, like the entire, you know, blockade that w- mm. was there, all the guys, including the fucking White Walker generals, who also didn't do a goddamn thing, you know, the entire yeah. battle. She miraculously gets past all of them, running like a fucking two-second 40, <laughs> uh, just, like, you know, whiffs the, that guy's hair, like someone just ripped a fart in his face. <laughs> and then she fucking jumps from the half court, you know? <laughs> From a tree or something. And just out of nowhere. Did it feel like Michael dunking on the, the monsters? It's, to me, wow, it certainly did. Wow, great, great, 100% great it was the Space Jam jump, it for just, sure. Yeah, I mean, compared to a lot of her other kills, I just it, this was so underwhelming. It was so spoon-fed, spoon you know? Like, it was just like there was no complexity to it, really. Yeah. The drop of the, the knife, that was really cool. I don't know, but then I don't, it made me wonder, like, what if he just stepped on some dragon glass accidentally? Like... Well, <laughs> one, one of the things up. I read was that you know, it, um, it was where he got stabbed. The original White, yeah, White Walker was in stabbed. The chest. Interesting. And right. that um, a lot of people have, again, who are more committed to this show than I have, sure. have put together how the show has kind of been grooming for Arya in the background, whereas okay. everyone's been distracted by Jon Snow, um, where like you have the Hound telling her to always aim for gaps in armor because that's how you effectively mm. kill somebody when he was watching her. That the fact that this since season one she's been trained to fight, and that sure. even in this season, the first episode when John's out by the tree, he asks Arya, "How did you sneak up on me?" Uh, because she just appears behind him. Um, you know, Bran wow. giving her oh, the yeah, dagger. I, 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 about that about that I just remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, Bran giving her the dagger. Right um, there. Yeah. Obviously, the prophecy with Melisandre. Yeah, Ed talking about you know the green eyes, eyes, brown eyes, and right. blue eyes. Uh, a lot of these things have kind of been added up, but they you just they haven't been over the head of it where John has been the obvious like you know prince of you know who yeah. was promised. Well, they even so said they've known that Arya was going to be the one to kill the Night King for like three years. Yeah, they I were just like figuring out how because George R. R. Martin hasn't written it yet. <laughs> right? Mm. Is uh, he ever going to? Well, yeah. I mean, yes. unless he dies, maybe like, twenty years. Right? Yeah. But so, I, have you heard the go 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 theory? Yes. Yes. With John and the dragon. Not a fan. Yeah. Not a fan. You don't of like theory. that. I don't really. I know because I just don't think Game of Thrones is a, the show that really kind of like 
yeah, I agree. does something like that, like the gotcha, right. like you didn't see this. Although it made me wonder, like it would be really cool if this episode was available to like stream through every character's perspective, every like main character's oh, perspective, just the entire, like you could just do the entire battle. If they had I mean, a GoPro on or something. I think, but I don't think that, yeah, I don't think that that's connected. No, I feel you. I, I will say I enjoyed John's running through the castle. Sure. Because I do think. That was cool. It when he's wa- like looking at everybody and you're like, yeah. but I think, like, oh, Sam, you're fucking and dead. I, th- I think that's, oh, Jim, the you're most, dead. that's the most Game of Thrones moment in yeah. in the episode other than the Dorthraki getting mm. fucking murked is that in a movie, he's saved, like, you know, he's going to save everybody. Like, he's right. the one that or runs try through. To. Or try to. But in this, he literally knew, like, oh, I have to get to Bran. Sorry, everybody else. Yeah. You're dead, and I'm going to have to deal with this later. But I'm at least I know, like, not also, to expect to see you at the end of this. Well, Grey Worm also had that war- moment where he had to turn his back on his oh, on Sully yeah. and just that, be like, this is it. Like, shut the doors. That was, that was the, I think. Or light the trench or whatever. The most emotional part of, I think, when I was watching with friends. Yeah, it was tough. That was the toughest part where we're like, damn, he's just got to. He's one of them. He's got to sacrifice his boy, yeah. you know, his boys. But yep. back to, just real quick, back to the go, 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 just in case people don't know what that is. There's a moment where John is hiding from the Night King's dragon. And he's like behind a log or something. Yeah, there's like a giant rock. It's like debris. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's a good like four minute clip of this particular part of the battle, which actually has probably the best music, the most tension building music. And it's a gorgeous song, like whatever the the score was for that particular part. Um, But it just builds this tension where John's hiding behind this log. And then Arya, um, about a minute later after that scene, does the stabbing of the Night King. And they say within that minute, you can kind of see that. John, like his attention is peaked by something in the distance. So they're saying that's Arya running by, like he saw her. Right. And then when he faces the dragon to presumably just be like, I know it's over. This is just my last yell of rage, which I thought that's what he was doing. So did I. Apparently he's yelling, go, go, go. And then that's when they cut to the scene of, I guess, the guy getting farted in the face or whatever <laughs> he said. <laughs> and I never his, watched his this hair, scene. Yeah, his hair, now. his long hair just whisked by, and that's Arya running by. After John yelled "Go go go!" and moments later she is being held by the throat by the Night King. So I don't know. I can see where somebody would have gotten would have gotten that. The lighting at this point of the, sh- <laughs> at the of the show is just not great. I don't know. Like I didn't initially have an issue with it, but like now that I'm looking for things, I'm like, damn, I don't really know what John's looking at no, there. The screen right. caps are like you can't see. Yeah. yeah. I, I I thought it was somebody playing a joke where they took stream chats of like four different parts of one scene and they were all black and I was like oh they're making fun of the lighting and then I adjusted my browser and I was like oh no 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 <laughs> these are legit stream caps wow. that they just can't <laughs> that's crazy you just can't see if you aren't like adjusting your computer monitor and yeah. your browser I don't know it didn't bug me that much I guess people yeah, it were didn't also bother like me either. the what first was a meaningless time ice storm just messing up the the entire view. I'm like, I don't know if it's meaningless. Well, they also they also said like they did that on purpose. You know, they like wanted you it to feel be chaotic like you couldn't just like like you couldn't yeah. see. They wanted you to experience disjointedness and the, like yeah, I don't know where I am right now. Winners here. I, right. I have this point of view of something, whether it be the ravens, whether it be the dragon and John, and like you just don't know where you are. Right? And they also wanted to break it up too because they think they were saying that you can only watch like. A battle for so long until you get kind of bored sure and so that's why aria was the thread through the mm-hmm. battle of mm-hmm. her in the castle and it was different hound. yeah and it, it was also like uh they were saying it was a tie back to her as a younger character too like not this badass warrior but she's yeah you know concussed and doesn't have her weapon and so how is she gonna like avoid so yeah 
they tried to focus that narrative through her so that you weren't just watching gratuitous like yeah. you know fight scenes. I did like that scene what? where she was sneaking what? around. And the hounds are? No, no, no. Oh, no okay. in she's the library. Like in the library. Yeah. Oh, the thing that was, was like, super cool. They were saying yeah. they were like, yeah. What you? What I didn't realize in the moment when I was watching it was, she was moving quieter than a drop of blood. Ooh, yeah. Because, because I thought it was like dropped, it was yeah. her blood that w- no, it was the sound. So I was like, yeah. yeah. So I mean, if she didn't sneak up it on was somebody, very, uh, Metal Gear Solid. Yes. Even right. though the lighting was kind of like greenish, like Metal Gear. Solid. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think Brian and I had kind of mentioned this before we went on the air, but we just I think I wanted more of a powerful death. Yeah, for sure. He, yeah, absolutely. No meaningful death. I think really. the it only felt cheap. The the, yeah. the big one is Theon. But you Even knew he then, was gonna die. Yeah, yeah everybody. Like, like, we all knew he was gonna die. I like, Why did he charge? Because uh, why it, was it it's necessary? An, it, it, it is uh, the completion of his arc because he has run from everything else. He has jumped I off like the boat. I like that a lot. Yeah. He has wow, he has left everything, and so he knew when Bran was like, "Thank you, like you're done. Oh, like man. either I can run, even when he ran from his sister. Yep. God, yeah, I can run, or I can take this head on. And that's why it may it you know in it looks especially in slow mo like a little like forced, but it is just like he, he knows he's gonna to die. die. He fully yeah. but he if he's gonna die, it's gonna be charging instead of running. I thought Sam was a goner. I think he should have yeah, been. They should have been. He was on the floor. That's what I'm saying. Like just crying, fucking Sam, stabbing Jamie, people. And Brienne. <laughs> like you're I, dead, you're I, dead. I will say, I was really afraid that they were gonna kill Tyrion and Sansa. Out of everybody, I was like, oh. Dude, I think he's he's done, man. Tyrion? I really think they're gonna kill him. Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think I think all you the do? Lannisters. Really, I think, I think all, I think the, Lannisters all Lannisters the Lannisters. Are be dead. Nobody that I work with, nobody that I've spoken to outside of work, like that likes this show, other than you two, think that Tyrion's gonna die. Oh yeah. I think that's the the destiny for the Lannisters. Yeah, I, I, well, I think you know what I think is the destiny for. I think it's the destiny for, um, for Danny. I think that Jorah dying was the start of her losing everything that's important to her, and the Dorthraki, and becoming the Mad Queen. Mm. Like she's gonna lose everybody. Oh, she's, she's gonna, gonna try and John. kill John. Oh, she's John. Gonna you think she's gonna John. try and kill John? Yeah. I think she's very conflicted with John right now. Yeah, I think. I, I don't think, think she's gonna kill John. I think John's gonna Ooh. sacrifice himself love it for happened, her. Though. Oh, a, a little brother of some sort still has to kill Cersei. Let's keep that in mind. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is, I, I hope it's completely Jamie. He is. Or can we have the the double stamp, Arya, dressed as? Tyrion. Wow. wow. So not only does the little brother kill her, but it's also her like killing that. the green eyes. I like that. And Cersei. Um, sure. So, Martin, I don't know if you had listened to this episode, but Brian and I did make predictions at the before the season eight started. Okay. So I know we're halfway through, but let's get your prediction right now. Sure. Who's sitting on the throne at the end? Wow. See, this isn't fair because I feel like that's changed for me. Okay. I originally thought it was going to be Arya. I really did. Oh, okay. And now that she killed the fucking night king, you're gonna I just, change it? I I don't think she wants it enough. Okay. I really just like I feel like at this point we would have had gotten some kind of like sign, but it just hasn't happened. So I don't think it's gonna be her anymore. But I don't know, man. That's really tough to say. My next was Sansa. Mm. Yeah. So it's gonna be a Stark, you think? I do. Yeah. Team Sansa, I bro. I mean, mm. it would be interesting if Gendry got it. Oh, well, Gendry with Gendry. Arya? That'd be interesting too. That Power fulfill, fulfill of the century. Yeah, yeah, it ties back to episode one or two or yeah, whatever. Right. Um, all right, we're gonna head to break. Wait, wait. Can, before you do that, yeah, what yeah. were yours? Oh, uh, I said Sansa. 
did I say Daenerys? I don't even remember. You said you said Daenerys. I think I did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I also did that for my work see, pool. I, I, I also Daenerys. do think though that she will sit on the throne at some point in these next three oh, but episodes. But I th- I really do think she's gonna go fucking crazy. Yeah. I well I I don't. And the reason why I went with Sansa is because I don't think it's a happy ending. Because I think Sansa is the one of the characters that really nobody necessarily wants because it doesn't make like the happiest story. Mm-hmm. Because for her to sit on it, so Everybody many other people have to, to be die. dead. Yeah, and so, so that's why I went with it because I was like, if it stays true to Game of Thrones, everybody's dead. Sure. All right. So. So think about that. Yeah, we're gonna head to break on that happy note. We are gonna come back and talk one of the most epic runs in Jeopardy history, uh, the current status of Woodstock 50 and the current ongoing NBA playoffs. And if it's missing anything in particular this year. So stick around. Six-time Emmy Award winning. John Tesh. That's oh, the composer. John Tesh? That's the composer. John you're, you're familiar? Tesh? You're familiar? Of course. Tell me more. Uh, well, he's just, but he's like a... as Com- Composer, a, musician, radio was, host, news anchor, and sportscaster. I was going to say the reason why I remember John Tesh is because, yeah, he was like the, the uh, utility man of entertainment where he did all that shit. He also uh, wrote this song, which is crazy. So on YouTube, you can you can find a video of him. I I, I want to say it's at Red Rocks, dude, performing no with way. a full like orchestra, and he does give a little bit of background on the song. And I think this was back, obviously, like in like early '90s or late '80s. Yeah, yeah. And he uh, he called himself from his hotel room. He called his home to record on his voicemail, on his tape like the voicemail tape. And he brings this tape with him to this Red Rocks performance and plays it for the crowd. And it's him just... <laughs> oh, like he, he had the He beat. literally had the idea and he had no instrument. So right, he had right. to get it. He had to record it somehow. Right. And he went home and he did it. And and now it's... And now, now it's you part get, of history. Yeah. And you guys didn't know that. This I'm, is sure, what, I'm sure none of our listeners this, knew it either. This Pop is culture. why we had... Martin, right? pop culture. Fill in Brett's chair. Every day is a school day. Yeah, we'll still see if uh, we're gonna permanently replace Brett with you <laughs> by the end of the episode. Uh, you know, it's not looking too good for Brett, who's uh, currently scrubbing Manny Machado's jot strap with a toothbrush right. at Petro Park. Maybe listening to John Tesh. Yeah. Is that the second time you guys have referenced that as his job? Uh, no, this is probably the fifth. It's probably okay. like every episode that <laughs> yeah. he's not on weed. I mean, Brian gets way more in-depth about uh, Brett's job's responsibilities. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, we're already running a little long tonight. And I don't want to wait any further before we jump into the NBA playoffs. Yes. Primarily because... Best drama on TV right now. I, I would agree, but I'm, I, I still feel like something's missing. Oh, the king? Yeah. He's busy filming Space Jam 2. <laughs> it's all a plan. Oh, he I thought needed you meant... Some, he needed some extra time this summer. He's like, uh, you know what? Even if we do make the playoffs, we're probably going to get bounced round one. Why don't I just sit this one out? Let me go make Space Jam 2. You know, we'll get that out of the way. It'll go make a billion dollars. And back to basketball next I year. I read he's uh, getting to know his kids. Oh. Which, which I thought was such a dumb tweet. I'm like, dude, do you not even know LeBron James? 
Yeah. Like, I was like, this is just, you're just trying to get, right. he you're just spends like every second I was with like, his come kids on, man. <laughs> playing basketball and yeah. I will but say, in the moment it was kind of funny. You know yeah. what uh, is, I, well, it's frustrating and also hilarious at the same time is now because LeBron isn't in the playoffs and he's not, and he's also not playing uh, anything and he's not in the news that on every freaking sports center or ESPN post, that's about anything. I would say like 25% of the comments are, thank God it's not about LeBron. Yeah, sure. But I get that. for some reason, people still bring that up, right. even though they haven't posted about LeBron. <laughs> <Right. laughs> You're familiar with the website hypebeast.com? Yes. It, that's how they basically treat Kanye West. Because for a long time, he was <laughs> yeah. newsworthy headlines. But, of yes. course, they were covering every single step of everything. But the, the people that complain about seeing like these people all the time yeah. are the people that still are the ones thinking that about it. You're right. You're right, though. You're right, though. It's any post. Like, the Hypebeast could post something about Endgame and be like, thank God, no more Kanye. And I, dude, what? And I think (laughs) it's because those people are so used to being able to go on and vent their frustrations about this, this imaginary person in their lives because they're not real people to them and that they can't do that. They're just like, oh, well, I'm going to stick it to him. At least this isn't about LeBron. Thank God. Like, yeah. It's going to be a negative douche about it. But I I will say it feels a little different. Yeah, it feels a little different. No, it does. Because he feels, uh, feels feels lonesome he's so been that was gonna the feel biggest no storyline yeah which yeah. is interesting to think about yeah but also fair but we just never we didn't get to see we didn't get to see it you i know, guess is this we like the uh 94 and 95 nba playoffs without jordan i, d- I wouldn't know do I people know. what i'm saying is like like you know. if he, I, I i remember i remember 96 that's like my earliest yeah. i would say nba like i remember being in first grade and being like Dude, na 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 na. I remember. <laughs> Fucking John I, <laughs> I really remember that, but yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. Ninety. Because that's what I'm saying. Like, I think people they're like, oh yeah, the Houston Rockets. They won a couple. If anyone like, would know, yeah. Brian would know, right? Probably. <laughs> yeah. He was a. Uh, Sorry, I was just young, trying to fit in and make young, fun of his age. Young, spry, apparently. age of. Uh, yeah. Twenty-seven. I mean, I was like, I was ten. Okay. Around 90. Yeah. 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 I was four or five. I wasn't paying much attention. But I mean, even back then, like, I don't really remember. I didn't, I don't think I appreciated what oh, Jordan no, was, yeah. you know, sure. still too young. Um, we, but I do oh, remember, yeah. I do remember distinctly uh, what a big deal it was though. When he came back, the second sure. three P was, Oh, I remember getting his baseball card at a garage sale. I remember sending in uh, Gatorade caps to receive a promotional set of large uh, trading cards. Like there were probably, I don't know, four by fives, three, three by oh. fives rather. Yeah, there were, there were large trading. It's six Michael Jordan upper deck trading cards with like a glossy gold finish oh, from wow. Gatorade. Like How I, many Gatorade No caps? tracking number. I think it, it was like these like specific caps. You had like to collect like three or four uh-huh. of them. You sent them in in like a padded envelope. And I, just I think waited. the only thing I had to send in was like the Sprite caps. I remember sending in Sprite caps. <sighs> yeah. You used to have to send in those points from the Frito Lays. Anyway, we're getting away yeah, from way, it. Yeah, way, way, <laughs> way up. Well, yeah, we're so probably doing something LeBron's doing right now, sipping some wine. Yeah, drinking some wine. Some D Wade. But yeah, it does feel different. It I certainly mean, feels no, different. There's no LeBron. There's no D Wade. Vince Carter's coming back. Right, <laughs> he is, which is awesome. Is but there, I mean, is there, there anybody in the 2004 mattered, draft class right now in the playoffs? What do you mean? Oh, or the wait, 2003 wait, draft class? Oh, I don't know. Because no, here's Mello, here's, here's my no point. Would it have mattered though? Because to me, it's the the Warriors aren't being beaten. 
I think it would have been very interesting to see a lot of those younger guys on the Lakers get playoff experience. I think for Kyle Kuzma, I think for uh, Lonzo, like it, it would have been invaluable for them to have gone. Invaluable. They would have been like to to be to be. I guess where I guess where the Clippers were, right? Right. That's bounce first round. Best case, that's where they would have been. And speaking of the Clippers, I think that was the the most intriguing series just a bunch not of that it had the best moments because i think the portland the portland series yeah, definitely just a the bunch of moments. underdogs on that team man yeah people it, well, I mean, paid their dues overseas paid their dues in the d-league g-league like yeah I, I thought that was an interesting team well, i think denver play. san antonio too right you know but it ended so weird i hated that like, I mean, that was just the better team. It, but, but at the same time, you got two veterans in Patty Mills and Marcus Aldridge who are are in the forefront of that play, and Pop yelling on the sideline like he should, he shouldn't have to. Yeah. DeRozan is also trying to yell at Lamarcus. Everyone was yelling at him. Yeah. It's crazy though if you see when Patty Mills um, kind of takes the. It was almost like an off-ball screen, um, but he's like at at a at a point where he could foul whoever had the ball against Lamarcus. And he and Pop just gives him the worst reaction. I feel like he was. More well, he's upset. on the. Co- I mean, Pop I feel like he was more on upset. the court. Yeah, I feel yeah. like he was more upset. Right? Just like it, visually, like it seemed like he was more upset at Patty Mills and Lamarcus. Aldridge. I almost thought that like Pop was just in the run and foul somebody. So that, that was right? dramatic. That was yeah. dramatic. This uh, game well with uh, Houston yesterday and James Harden's eye super <laughs> yeah. dramatic. I think this series is going to take both over. of his eyes pretty much. This, Crazy, this series is going to take over for like. All the storylines for the NBA playoffs are really going to come State from Houston. Golden State and Houston, even because if it's of the, a because of the history, series. because of the history they have. I, I think that tells its own story. Uh, the fact that the Houston Rockets tried to drop the receipts after Game One, where they're like, "We were going to give the refs a chance to to referee it fairly." I'm yeah, putting yeah. air quotes on. You can't see it on an audio podcast. But when you know they specifically felt like they had missed calls that one should have had kept Curry out for the rest of the game. Uh, from like a minute 13 left in the game, he should have fouled out. The fact that there were no calls on James Harden and, and Chris Paul that could have changed the game. They were like, oh, yeah, here's the 89 times last year in our Game 7 series, or, you know, in our Game 7 that the Warriors should have been called on, but they weren't, and it would have uh, accounted for 18 points, which means we would have won, which is, I feel, the dumbest. Very petty. Thing yeah, and so the biggest petty, waste of time. So petty, Whatever petty. intern they made, figure all that <laughs> out. I feel bad for. Immediately after that, I felt like the very popular stat that everyone was running their mouth about was James Harden's ninety plus uh, fouls behind the line, shooting fouls behind the three point line this year, and the next highest was thirty or no twenty five. Well, so my he had seventy, more, basically seventy more fouls that he that he drew from behind the three-point line. But he also, I mean, he probably, I got to imagine, if he didn't lead the league, was top three in three-pointers attempted. Mm-hmm. My, my roommate told me yesterday that he 50% of his field goal attempts were three-pointers. Yeah. I mean, I had him on my fancy well, team. Scott Van Pelt did a segment on SportsCenter that showed him basically jumping in place when he has an uncontested three, where he just, like, completely lunges forward to prevent there to be much of like a, a landing Defensive. space, really, yeah. Which is funny because Steve Kerr was also like criticizing that. And if you look at old videos of Steve Kerr, he always has a kick when he shoots. He always lands yeah. in front of himself, which is funny. But well, I don't he know, man, like, because he's the coach. The like, league needs to the league needs to figure out that as well as that side swipe foul, where someone takes the ball and just like lifts it on the complete other side of their body and makes right. the shooting motion. 
That's ridiculous, that's, that's man. The, that's the Kobe trying to side to side right? thing yeah. is like that and the and and whatever Harden's doing. I don't know what you want to describe it. If it's a kick, if it's a lunge forward, like somebody needs to stop that, man. Well, so no, real quick. I'm sorry, Brian, but the the throw your head back like you just got punched in the face. Mm. I hate that when they're just dribbling. Bad. Yeah, and they just like. As a Paul Pierce fan, I've got to say. It's the truth. He, yeah, it's it's bad. Yeah, like that bugs me more than anything. Sorry, Brian. Uh, I hope that at least what we get out of this is like a clear rule on this, you know, verticality bullshit that they keep talking about yes, with these shooting fouls. Absolutely. Right? Um, I and I, in saying this, let me preface it by saying I hate Draymond Green, mm-hmm. but he made a really good point uh, yesterday after the game. Uh, so like you know a question came up about this fouls and all this bullshit right right and he was like I think it's embarrassing for the game of basketball honestly that okay. all we're talking about is fouls and we're not talking about the game he's like what headline have you seen you know from game one where it talks about you know defensive switching and um, you know transit uh, transition buckets sure. you know just act- the actual points of the game of basketball versus fouls that were or were not called you know that's no that's a great point and i think that our uh, hometown hero mr Kawhi leonard is very much somebody who will entertain basketball questions indefinitely if he gets the right person in front of him yeah right. but when some bullshit like that comes <laughs> up like i think he's one of the best at shutting it down i'm glad draymond verbalized it because i don't think Kawhi is really the type to do that but i feel like he's a good example of somebody that walks away from those types of questions Kawhi has lots of strengths uh verbalization <laughs> Not one of them. Best laugh in the NBA, though. Yeah. But I think that's good. No, I think it's good that we have, like, guys like Draymond and Russ in the league that are always criticizing the questions or, like, at least reacting to them appropriately because well, some of them are just ridiculous questions. Man. I'm going to be honest, too. You know what I'm getting tired of is referees teeing up players for talking. Did anything get rescinded today? Do we know yet? I don't think so. Because some of those tees... Some of those tees last night were bad. Oh, yeah. Our statistician says, yes, something did get rescinded. Oh, okay. I think I'm guessing it was a double technical. I would assume it was a double technical in the fourth or the it, third or something he, like that. He's right. nodding. Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah, so we've upgraded. Tall round? Tall slim? I don't know what you want to call. Our <laughs> tall <new> slim. <laughs> so we're just going to stick with... Not, uh, it's tall swole. Tall swole. <laughs> Sorry, I think uh, you said tall slim first. Yeah, I think that's what's so going to stay. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, with some of our Patreon tr- contributions, we've been able to uh, afford an unpaid statistician. Great. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit taller than short round. <laughs> A little bit taller. Uh, I, yeah, and um, before we get off on this, it, it buds me, like, because I think it, there's an overuse of technical fouls sure. now when it's not physical or, like, necessarily unsportsmanlike conduct. Right. It's basically the ref just giving the finger to the player. Yeah, like, yeah. Shut the fuck up. And it is unfair for that, the players that are in that series in particular, because you don't have people talking about Boston-Milwaukee like that. Nobody's talking about Denver-Portland like that. Right. The, the storyline for Portland is so pure. It's so basketball, you know, and I don't know. It, it gets away from the, the Golden State storylines. Yeah, I mean, a lot. I think the best moment out of the first round Easily. was Dame. Easily. Oh, Just absolutely. nailing the dagger. Dude, because yep. I think he Come became on. a star at that point. Like he, I think he's always been an all-star. The analysis around it, too, yeah. leads, leads, like supports what you're saying. For sure. And people were going into his history about, like, you know, I heard about how he played on an AAU team mm-hmm. in Oakland and how he he was, you know, on the not 
wealthy team sure. and the, the the team that didn't have all like the good players and, and the money and that you know he beat them when they play right. in a tournament and he was like you know i i couldn't afford to be on that team mm-hmm. or, or i never got offered and apparently they've talked to people who were on i think they were like the knights was like the big team makes me think of the mighty ducks by the way like he he, he could have been a hot <laughs> yeah, he's right. on Bates. but that they were like no dame could have been on our team but he didn't want that he yeah. wanted to be on the team that he was on and beat sure. us and it creates the character for who Damian Lillard is. I think uh, on this podcast we've talked about it specifically with MMA, but other sports where, you know, what really makes watching sports compelling is when you're rooting for more than just the team, but you can identify with athletes who are characters. Totally. Who have personality. And once you know that personality, that character of that athlete, you latch onto them. And that's why you want to root for them. And that's why you want to watch them more. And I think that moment was the spark for Damian Lillard to become more than just, oh, he's a really good player in Portland. I think the NBA has one of the best balances in terms of people you can latch onto like that. I feel like there are almost too many people trying to be that guy in the NFL. There's not enough in the MLB. No. And the NBA just has something for everyone, really. There is, there's some, there's, there's, I mean, even historically, like Tim Duncan, soft spoken guy, Dungeons and Dragons. Like, dude, there's something for everyone in this league. And like, when you say latch on to someone, this year, somebody that I found myself towards the end of the season really rooting for was Kyle Korver. Mm-hmm. Like, just because yeah. of his Players Tribune article, like, that was, what a great write up, man. Like, yeah. so I don't know. I, I really like how NBA players really are. For the most part, accessible. And we can talk about how like their smaller team sizes. There's less stars in the NBA. There's less players. Sure. So they have more camera time. They have more. They have more opportunities. But I think honestly, the NBA machine, which it does very well through the playoffs, pushes its own narratives and it pushes the storylines better than a lot of the other uh, major league sports. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they also have the best commissioner, by far. Definitely. A guy who. Oh, yeah understands like the pulse and listen and i mean and we talked about an end game right like why is disney making so much money it's mm-hmm. because they listen to the fans and they give the fans what they want sure you know why is the nba so successful who's really booing adam silver nobody uh, adam silver always struck me as like the cool principal who like who like thinks he's like one of my <laughs> friends like, like dude adam silver's mr belvedere from uh saved by the bell let's let's just be honest yeah, like totally. and, and the kids were like lebron and curry and yeah, wade yeah. and and so he knew, and, and Paul, and he knew that if he, you know, had their respect and if he could get along with them and and work with them well, that he was going to be a successful commissioner. And that's always how he's come sure. across. He's, yeah. he's and Mr. Belvedere, bro. This has certainly gotten away from how exciting, <laughs> the topic of how exciting these NBA playoffs are, which they are. But I do think that just one of my closing thoughts, I suppose, on the topic of basketball is the fact that out of so many sports, it's such an easy sport to access in terms of being able to just go outside pick up a ball and play and the number of tournaments the number of teams the number of levels that we have in the united states that support basketball playing on so many levels and all the support that it does have from the pros and how the pros really try to give back to their communities in the form of basketball like i just find that very very unique in 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 just the sport it's like it's almost like it's they're lucky to have something that's so easy to pick up and just do whenever you want yeah. yeah you can't do that with baseball you can't do you can go play catch but what are you gonna do go to the batting cages like i don't know you need like, like 
You need a goalie. You need, you need soccer. Like yeah, an entire hockey. Team. You need you need a whole bunch of gear for hockey and football. You I know? would say I would say the closest thing to basketball is, is soccer. soccer. Yeah, probably. And that's why soccer is the world's most popular sport. Absolutely. Because yep. the one thing you don't need for soccer is a basket. Like you can make anything out of a goal. You get two flip flops, and that's a goal. You are absolutely correct. Um, you are absolutely but I think correct. baseball is, or not baseball. Sorry, basketball is the second closest thing. Yeah. Um. Other than UFC, you just want to go beat the <laughs> yeah. <show> somebody. Just <laughs> go slap each other yeah. in the face, you know. Um. But uh, I'm sad to say, but I think the Warriors are going to win again. Yeah. Um. Which kind of is a little dampening on the storyline because it's hard to keep watching something where the ending's the same. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, I know some Jeopardy fans are feeling the same way. Right. Twenty. Well, re- we're recording tonight. And it's twenty nights. I zero. have no idea what happened tonight. Uh, Clearly, did oh, you guys look? W- yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Won. Okay. Oh, he yeah. won by convincing fashion, which you know hasn't happened every time. No. no. Jeopardy. Jeopardy. You had James. A scare. You had Jeopardy. A scare. James. So for for yeah. those of you who don't know, what's his name? James Holtzhauser. Is that his Holzhauser. name? Holtzhauser. Holtzhauser. He's on a twenty twenty night streak. 20, 20 right. games. Which will likely however, be like 22 or 3 by the time we're listening <laughs> to this. However, when you compare it to Ken Jennings and his 70 plus. 74? I want to say. And he won maybe 2.5 million? Yeah. This I don't dude, think, I don't he, think this, even. Uh, yeah, I think he won just dude, under. Two. James is at least at 1.4 maybe at this point. 1.4, point two sits after 19 wins. Yeah. Unreal, man. Yeah. Just. Just. He, Annihilating. Annihilates the bottom row first. Yeah. That's what he does. So if you haven't been watching, he's just, every time he starts, he's killing bang, the, bang, 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 the thousand dollar row first. Yep. This is the thing. I just, and he gets him all, he yeah. gets every question right. Every fucking them. question right. He's, he's unbelievable. The, 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 the craziest thing about this too is that this isn't like he wins one day, he goes home, he rests, he comes back the next day. Mm-hmm. They're recording like four, five, episodes a day yeah so Shut up yeah that's how no yes. this was all done in february like all these episodes that are being yeah. shown now wait wait, four or five a day yes because trebek we we talked about it is like his work schedule is he comes in two days that's like yeah they just do it over the two weekend. months worth of they just film uh, all these episodes filming. over the weekend that's like I two months no worth clue. of jeopardy is that why he was trending today i saw no, him trending he was and on I clicked, uh, good morning america okay i clicked yeah. it just to make sure you know but oh, yeah, yeah. like I yeah. But he oh, was yes. like talking about <laughs> James nice. Holzer has again, like we mentioned, won twenty straight episodes of Jeopardy, but uh one point four two six million more tonight. And he's doing it in a, a way that the game has never been played mm-hmm. and he has definitely maximized all of his betting yeah. so that he's winning absurd amounts he's of a professional money. Sports Which makes sense because he's a professional better, right? Yeah. And he also won some other game show I saw. No way, really? Yeah, I can't remember what the name of I it was. I thought there were some kind of unwritten rules around. Nah, bro. No, they like to, yeah, if you're good at game you guys, shows. You guys, like you guys watch the Goldbergs at all? No. I don't. Okay, but it's I, a pretty funny, yeah. I mean, as far as sitcoms it's, go. It's good enough that it has its own <laughs> spinoff now. So right. it does. So there is an episode where the sister in the show uh, decides that instead of going to college after taking a year off, that she's going to be a professional game show contestant. Perfect. To the dismay of her parents. But I just thought that was funny because I th- I really thought that there was some kind of like unspoken rule. Where no, I'm like, going to tell no. you this. So uh, w- the the cast of Pop Not Soda has m- may ha- or may not have been contacted by casting agents for trivia shows. Sure. And it's not just been one trivia show. We now get all – they hit us up all the time because they like 
what we represent mm-hmm. and they f- they know that we would be good on TV. Okay. So the casting agencies all work for the same shows, the same network. So sure. speci- specifically on like Game Show Network. Uh, why haven't you done this yet? Uh, because they all film in L.A. And to coordinate three schedules, we can't even do for a recording. <laughs> Hence why... We've got you filling in for Brett tonight. Well, right. wait, wait. You're a singular contestant, though. No, these are all team They're shows. Like, yeah, team shows. So uh. Uh, we we I'm I'm not gonna name the shows that we've been contacted about, but we can say one is very similar to that of Family Feud. Sure. Uh, where their whole thing is it's not families, but it's types of friends or groups. Got it. Got it. Got where it. Where it could be like Star Wars fans versus Star Trek fans, okay. or like that. These kind guys of stuff. talk shit on trailers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> These guys shit on Sonic. Yep. These the guys love cynical Sonic. assholes versus, uh, yeah. Um, and then the one that uh, I was just contacted for is legitimately for a group of three. Okay. Um, for more of a quiz bowl pop culture trivia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, I will tell you though the application process for this stuff is extensive. Um, and I will mention that I did. Uh, I did not study this year. Versus when I did it uh, a year or so back, but I did take one of the qualifying Jeopardy exams mm-hmm. this this year, and that should do, I feel like it got harder or I got dumber because Jeopardy. It dude, is he mentioned hard. at the beginning of the seating, season. Trebek mentioned at the beginning of this season that it was going to be harder. Yeah, yeah. like there was a moment which makes it, makes it even crazier that this dude just destroys these questions. Like he doesn't get anything wrong, and he goes so hard. On the daily double, d- better all. I believe. His, better all. Alex. I believe. If I'm not mistaken, I because I feel like it's ingrained probably. in my brain. Eleven thousand nine fourteen. I'm pretty sure that's his number. Yeah. And I don't know. He gets it every time. But I, yeah, his I his mean, uh, he, he. I don't know. Like, how? What does he do to get this knowledge? I just you just you study, man. You study, yeah. The so there are lots man. lots of resources on the Jeopardy website. Have, like, and there are a lot of patterns. There are patterns. Yeah. There are patterns. Um, but I feel like, yeah, the people that are like him and Ken Jennings, they just have to have photographic memory because there's no there's no way in my that I can comprehend somebody being able to retain all that knowledge yeah, without yeah. being able to like just, you know, Who's, have that ability to instantly think about it. But there was another guy that instead of retaining the knowledge, it was this the bartender that had a, yeah. a streak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The and bartender. he said he just remembered common jeopardy answers and he was like they reuse these answers so it's like if i can hear some buzzwords and keywords in the question like i have i well, know there's a good probability it'll be this answer there's right. a documentary about the guy that uh basically broke the prices right oh yeah yeah, yeah. the guy so How there's a break the there's prices a documentary right. so what he, he did was all the prices he watched hours like like episodes and episodes and episodes of prices right and he noticed they reuse the same products and the same prices wow right. so he memorized the price points because they like to use the same numbers and the same products particularly. So he just memorized the products that they used. Oh. He went on and he like it came down to the point where he got his his um bet on his uh showcase showdown completely right. Oh so that he dollar? won both. Shut up. Yeah. So he won both. Right. Yeah. How much do you have to be within to get two fifty? To get both, I think it's I think it's twenty five hundred. Twenty. That seems generous, dude. I'm pretty sure it's like within the hundreds. But oh no, I could be, I, tall, slim, can maybe a thousand. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> but no. So, so you mentioned though extensive interview and like application process. That's crazy because the Price is Right is like you just show up yeah, five that, seconds. So man. that that is like you're you're sleep deprived on the side of the studio. They just want to see if you can costume. smile, man. Yeah. Deal or no deal. I. Uh, 
was in a recording of Deal or No Deal. I've been to The Price is Right twice, and both times that I've gone, I've gone with a group big enough weren't where they at, uh, more or less guaranteed that the person was going to go on. No, weren't you at Let's Make a Deal? Because Deal or No Deal is completely oh, different. Oh, I'm sorry. okay. Excuse me. You Let's saw Wayne deal. Brady. You didn't see Howie yeah, yeah, Mandel. Yeah. Right, exactly. But I yeah, saw Drew two, Carey. <laughs> two from <laughs> our group uh, got picked, which is pretty cool. I love the live taping of Price is Right. I, if I could recommend just like, yeah. any free yeah, activity in LA, it's pretty like, wild. dude. It's it's a trip. No, but it's so small. If you want smells so weird. I bet. It's so cold. It smells so dusty. So What's cold. It? Yeah. Freezing. They had the AC pump. I've always thought like if I ever got called to be a contestant, I'd be sweating. Right. Nervousness. No, no. no way. That's dude. why they want the a fucking ice chest. That yeah. and for uh, Jennifer Anderson's nipples. That's why MTV <laughs> sets the, the AC you, so high. Courtney Cox too, man. But I I, I will say Same. I will say how cold is it on that set? That if you're ever thinking about doing Jeopardy. Uh, make sure you study. Use the resources because they're there for a reason. Because the te- the the, pra- the the qualifying exam is no joke. It's fill in the blank, and you have 15 seconds per question. So you have to be able to type some of these answers with you know lightning fast reflexes. Sure. Right. And spelling counts for the most part. So yep. if you don't so really know how to spell, because it's, it's all it's verbal. verbal. Right. Yeah. So they, they it doesn't like they basically if autocorrect can't figure out what you're trying to say you're not going to get it. Ah, got it. So if you're really off on the spelling, they're not going to give you credit. Because, uh, but it, it's rough, man. If you don't, like, I got effed by uh, by old, like, like ancient European history. That's where I got effed That's on this tough. Test. Yeah. My buddy who told you got effed on classical composers. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be... name th- Bach, Mozart, Right, there's always going to be just ridiculous shit that you're just not going to be able to know unless you're this guy who just yeah fucking knows which makes it impressive like he has and 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 just how aggressively he bets that everyone thought he was going to go down this past week where he went up against another contestant it came down to final jeopardy right he was second going to final jeopardy right yeah he ended up winning by 18 no no. He was first. He, he was, was first? first because the guy, the other guy, uh, bet oh, you're one dollar right. less yeah, than you're he right. had. You're right. So yeah. even if he had bet all he had, he would have lost by seventeen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he won by eighteen dollars. Eighteen smackaroos. But they both had over like fifty-seven thousand yeah. dollars. So the shittiest thing about second place is that you don't <sighs> go home. It's not wheel of fortune with right. what you earned. You go home with two G's. Which is still too grand. Actually, when we were kids, did that even happen? I feel like they went home with nothing when we were kids. No, they, I feel like I second place always got. So I think from the rules, they tell you like like on the show, like oh, unfortunately, you don't get to go home with the money. Oh, but okay. you know they they're paying you for your time because yeah, yeah. if it was if it was winner take all, you're not people weren't gonna sh- like people aren't gonna show up, and mm. they don't necessarily they don't pay for your travel. I didn't know that. Mm. Yeah, so you, so if you're gonna be on Jeopardy, like you got a front like the money to like go stay to be on jeopardy so that's why they'll give you if you're in third they'll give you a grand and if you're in second they'll give you two grand they'll pay for your travel expenses or your your lodging if you don't live in la i'm excited to see how he how he how far he goes man it's it's really fun yeah it's gotten me watching jeopardy every single like we've we've i mean i'm one of the very few that i know that still has cable but we dvr jeopardy and we have been for the last like several years but man i mean now it's on netflix right it is. So. Yeah. But I love watching this guy. And oh, he's and a, he's the thing is he is you he's, he's human, star. man. Like he gets some stuff wrong. Yeah. Like he gets some and he said he has he gives some emphatic answers and they are wrong. And it's funny. And I was like he's more entertaining than Ken Jennings. Oh, hundred percent. For sure. T- though Ken Jennings is probably top ten Twitter follows I have right uh, now. Like fair, but on the show, like Ken he was, was just boring. a robot. Like, yeah. It, it brings back a mad T V sketch to mind. 
where uh, he just keeps answering and uh, Alex Trebek just slowly loses his mind <laughs> until he shoots Ken Jennings. What? Yeah, and then Ken Jennings comes back and he's a uh, Terminator robot. Is that that's that's why he was oh, winning? I don't think I've ever seen a oh, bad yeah, TV yeah. Jeopardy sketch. This this is uh this is probably like two thousand seven. Okay, I would say you know, right. Huh. Um, talking about old things, and things in the past. Woodstock. Yes. Did anyone ask for a Woodstock fifty? I don't think so. Is it relevant anymore? No, I really don't think so. I don't I don't think anybody asked for Woodstock ninety nine. Mm, I feel like some people did. They, do you not realize how many people were there? Yeah, a that's lot of fair. people. I mean. I don't know if people necessarily asked but was, for but the options. At what's the but Coachella, there just weren't that yeah, many yeah, options, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. I don't you think had, Coachella was around you, in 99. No, no, no. Right? You didn't have Coachella. You had Lollapalooza. Oh, yeah. You had yeah, you, Burning Man. Uh, but that's not really a music. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's come on. Music Which is in a musical. I'm just talking about like. Especially back in 1999. Yeah, that shit was probably weird in 1999. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think it's weird now? I mean. At least we know what it is now. Yeah, true. And people have cell phones, so it's not like. Yeah, dude. Like. Dude, even five years ago, it was, like, unheard of for people to, like, document that shit, right. like, the way that they do now. Are you kidding yeah. me? Right. Like, True. 99? Weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Fair. I still think DMX. I'm sorry. If anybody's listening that was there, please get back to yeah. us. And yeah. Let, let us, us, let us know. know. Comment right. on the Facebook. Please. What, what did you Twitter? trade? What was Burning Man 99 like? Did you did you wander into the tent that you didn't know that it was the orgy tent? Did you give birth to Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> in 1999 as a humanoid android? <laughs> First off, he's a lizard person. <laughs> We all know he's a lizard person. Oh, that is a crab people. <laughs> uh, crab but yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if anybody asked for it, Dan. No, I don't know. Because uh, I think the the producers of said festival realized that nobody had asked for it uh-huh. and have pulled the plug. Well, is Bethel Wood still happening? So there was Woodstock '50. That was the that was the Woodstock '50 was the um, kind of like the the commercial event. Like this was like the yeah. This is our. This is the new Woodstock. Yeah, but there yeah. was uh, the Bethel Woods. Is that what it's called? Bethel Woods. Well, here Festival. I know that was like the original grounds that they were doing their own thing. Oh, gotcha. Well, so Woodstock. What happened with Woodstock is the investor ended up pulling the money because they weren't able to accommodate uh, the number of guests that he wanted or that the group wanted to like turn a profit. So mm-hmm. they had to. They didn't account for housing uh, and yeah. campgrounds. Which then cut like the it went from one hundred and fifty thousand to, to seventy five thousand. Right. So it cut the expected attendance in half. So then the investor was like, "Well, fuck! I'm not gonna make any money if half, if we're expecting half at the gate." Sure. So, um, so yeah. So that's what happened. And who knows? Someone else might step in and be like, "Nah, fuck it," you know? Yeah. So they're still we'll gonna, the money they're in. still gonna continue planning it, but they have no money to do it. So right. again, they're hoping for that. You know uh, who even I I don't even know who was supposed to perform. I don't even think they've gone that far. Bethel Woods is still happening. Okay, and how is that different than Woodstock? Well, 50? so Bethel Woods is the original site of the Woodstock. Yeah, Woodstock was happening like New York. Somewhere. So they're doing like uh-huh. a two day thing where Ringo Starr and his All Star Band and Santana with the Doobie Brothers are playing in August, and that's to commemorate the fiftieth anniversary. Okay. Uh, of of the festival in this in, you know in the same spirit. Yeah. So just the musicians that were alive for the original yeah. Woodstock. That's my understanding. <laughs> Are I mean, the I Hell's Angels gonna run security? <laughs> <laughs> so, but so, man, okay. they couldn't even get Paul. They're getting Ringo. Uh, yeah, sure. I he mean, plays at Harris. <laughs> <laughs> he does. It, he does. Paul <laughs> plays at Petco. 
He does. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, man. Uh, you know who I think should. Here we go. This is the question I'll post to the group. Go. Who do you Kay. think should swoop in and and save Woodstock Fifty? Oh, easy. This to be performer, investor, easy planner. Ja Rule. <laughs> oh my gosh! Here we go. With a direct line to Billy McFarland. Damn it! You took my answer. I was going to say Billy McFarland. Who, who are the headliners for Fifty? I, I actually I don't know off the top of my jaw. Rule <laughs> <laughs> and Billy Ashanti. <laughs> Uh, 50 Cent is actually going to be the investor because he's just going to oh buy all the gosh. seats so no one can see him. 50? Yep. 50th anniversary, 50 Cent. Makes oh sense. Yeah. Please, no, please tell me who the f- headliners were. Because, go ahead. Sorry. Yep. No, uh, so Woodstock 50 had rumors. Rumors. That it would include. Include. Jay-Z. Okay. Miley Cyrus. Okay. Halsey. Mm-hmm. The Black Keys. Sure. Chance the Rapper. The Killers. And everyone's favorite band, Imagine Dragons. Oh gosh. So here's my uh, just off-top take on that, real quick. I don't think that any of those people, currently, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, capture musically this era today. Jay Z is a generational artist. You're telling me that Imagine Dragons doesn't no, 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 no. capture every commercial no, no, you come see on, man. for Home Depot. Not in the way Jimi Hendrix <laughs> captured yeah, that sound. Yeah. Like you're you're right. For think sure. about yeah, it. Totally. Like I mean, I would even I would even argue, and unf- it's it's for better or for worse. I think Chance the Rapper is probably the closest. Best. Yeah, easily the closest. Yeah. But like uh, Black Keys, Black Keys to an extent. Yeah. But at the same time, like that garage rock sound, I feel like is less impactful than something like let's say the Strokes. Yeah, I think the Strokes would be a much more appropriate band than that. Now, the reason I say this is because I think that something very critical about the success of Woodstock originally was that it was the embodiment of an entire era within a sound. And I think that today's sound, you know, maybe Halsey is actually a pretty good example. That actually isn't that bad. But like, I don't know. I wish it was a Frank Ocean type, but I don't think that he's even at that reach. It would probably be somebody like Kanye, for better or for worse. You couldn't get right. Lil Nas X and oh, Billy Ray Cyrus no. perform one song. But they're doing stage but coach. You, you, you understand what I mean? Like you kind of have to. No, I get you. The spirit of Woodstock, and I think, even though I've joked about it, it n- n- in 1999 was DMX the representation Dude, of music at the time. 1999. Are you kidding me? Like that's, that is like perfect. So, right so there. even, even though really that's not a generational artist, that's not Jay Z, man. Jay Z is like, that's an yeah. entire lifetime of music for a lot of people. And so is Beyonce for that matter yeah. from destiny's child onward. So is Justin Timberlake. These are not the people that should be represented at Rootwood Woodstock. Like they should, sure. They should have a set, but like you got to get behind somebody who is the voice of today right now, yeah. who might not be the voice of tomorrow. Right. And and unfortunately for Woodstock, that's because a lot of them didn't sure. make it to yeah. see. Totally. Who would uh, it be? Probably Billie Eilish. Is she still? Dude, she's still number that's one. A great I feel call right Billie there. Eilish like, is great. That's a great call. And I'm like, Halsey, I'm not Halsey's not Halsey's bad. Halsey's really. I I would I would feel more. I mean, as somebody who's in their late twenties, I would feel more comfortable with her because I feel like she she crosses that she crosses over much more into our generation i love Billie eilish i think she's very unique i think she's cool but like at the same time it's very edgy very oh, edgy yeah. and i feel like almost like an old man like looking at kids i'm like you guys are listening to this i don't know well like, i don't know how <laughs> how well she would do like in a festival type oh, environment she did coachella. i don't know oh, if did she do coachella, yeah, she is, did coachella. She, is she a killer for performer like we know like bieber is a killer performer so, you know like, well, i just friends, mean like a lot of her songs friends were, like, were there like, really soft uh, you know true. so i don't from know like, were there, well they said that she was great singing yeah but her talking is just weird 
interesting because she's, she's a weird person. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but she's a fucking rock star. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you don't think? Uh, let's see. Who else do we think embodies sound today? Uh, I mean, for better or for worse, I would say Lil Uzi Vert <laughs> is a great the, candidate. The emo rap, great candidate. Uh. Yeah, uh, Migos might even be a great candidate. Yeah. Oh my god! It just can't Travis be like Scott. What, yeah, Travis Scott, great, great. And the point that I'm trying to make here is these might not be the best performers. These might not be the most like they might not exude musicianship. But at the end of the day, like like Jimi Hendrix exuded musicianship, he really did. But like at the end of the day, they are the sound of today, right. and that's what's most important for I think an iconic festival performance is you've gotta be the sound of today. General pro- Generational performances are awesome. Reunions are awesome, that's really great. But yeah, you're saying you don't want timeless, you want timely. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a way, great way to put it. Give the people what they want, you know? I it's want not, 99 BMX, man. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, man. I just well, he's out of jail. Him, yeah, he's looking for Let's gigs. Bring him back. Have right? him sing Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. We can't have him doing fucking uh, videos with Bad Barbie. You know. You know what? Uh, what about Damian Lillard? We can get him there. <laughs> <laughs> him just shooting threes. <laughs> he can rap on stage. You oh, know, Dalla, dude. He's probably the. I mean, out of everyone that's doing it, like he's probably yeah. the best one. Probably or is. or you know, we could get. Uh, uh, actually, I'm not even gonna go there. What were you gonna? We're say? gonna end it here. Okay, and we're we gonna, gonna go end home. it there. Good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that was it. It's late. Uh, Le'Veon Let's Bell. Go. But uh, oh, sh- <laughs> so so when do, when, when can people look forward to the next the next Brett appearance? We don't know because good question. There's there's many a jot strap to him to scrub. Yeah, <laughs> because the Padres keep winning. He's got the home one. He's got the away one. Yeah, got the Tuesday one. Uh, but Martin, thank you for for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks on for this the episode. Yeah. yeah, of course. It's thanks a bold red. Up. If you, yeah. if, I mean, this is a this is a post episode recommendation, but bold reds are the way to go. Pizza <laughs> raw for the next episode. That's if you want to go to the store sometime this week. <laughs> That's fantastic. You heard uh, it here first. Pizza raw. Mar, you know, Ladies again, uh, you've known Martin through our podcast for the many of different bands yes. that he's been a part of, uh, but now he is not necessarily fronting the bands, but actually coordinating their performances. Uh, so we will be promoting an event that he has upcoming this fall. It will be the first annual. Second annual. Well, that's that's the confusing part. Why? Because right? annual means you've done it yearly. So if you oh. do it the first time, is it the first? Because And you can I'm call it call the it first the annual because oh, it's – Oh, I see. You know what I'm saying? saying? So the second escorted trips, yeah. yes, the uh, second. which will be taking right. place uh, at the World Beat Center in, in Balboa, Balboa Park, Park yep. uh, this fall. So keep an eye out. We'll be sure to post all the information around that one-day festival. One-day festival promoting in independent music from the Southern California region. we got artists from L.A., San Diego, Tijuana region. Um, all ages, but also has a bar for 21 and up. Yeah. Was was there a bar last year? No, no. not last year. There was just vegan food. Stepping yeah. it up. Well, we're stepping it up because last last year, I mean, it's still kind of a, a DIY type space. I mean, the World Beat Center is a, is very tied to the community here. They do a lot of different uh, events throughout the week. Um, anything from uh, drum circles aimed at uh, disabled folk who don't normally get a chance to just, uh, just play drums, I guess. You know, like they do stuff like that. They do summer camps for kids. Um, they got a full kitchen. So we just thought it was somewhere that had really had a pulse on how 
music can help people through their day to day and how arts in, in general can do that. So that was kind of like the next logical step from the Shea Cafe, which, as Dan knows, is a wonderful place uh, for, for folks to really foster their creative energy. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that. And we'll make sure to post all of the information when the festival gets closer. Thank you. Um, if you miss us throughout the week, you know you can find us on social media, Instagram and Twitter is at pop underscore not soda. You can follow our Facebook at pop underscore or ooh, follow our Facebook is bat slash. It's been a long day. Bat slash pop not soda official. Make sure you check out our Patreon at bat slash pop not soda official. And just like this episode, you can find many more episodes of Pop Not Soda, including the brand new ones every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at popnotsoda.podbean.com. But this one's special because it's not a diet episode. Uh, this is the no, this is full-bodied. It's full-bodied? It's like the cherry Coke. I was going to say orange vanilla Coke just because oh, that's what they've oh, been promoting, okay. but you're way that's better insulting. than orange yeah. vanilla Coke. I would say you're the cherry Pepsi because that's the the wild, wild cherry, cherry. Pepsi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full body you never wild know cherry you're Pepsi. <laughs> exactly. So again, until next time, we will see you on the flip side. <laughs>